man runs down a dark alleyway, the sound of his footsteps echoing from the damp stone walls. As the camera pulls in, we can see blood on his hands and on the front of his hooded jacket. Most of his face is hidden. But as he emerges from the shadows onto the dimly lit street, he turns his head, and we catch a glimpse of what appear to be three scratch marks on his left cheek. Cut to a forensic laboratory, where a scientist has just matched the sole of a trainer seized from a suspect's flat with the bloody footwear marks she had lifted earlier that morning from the floor of the kitchen where the terrible crime took place. If I can get a DNA sample from the scrapings taken from under the victim's fingernails, she says, focusing the microscope with her own slender fingers, we might be able to identify the murderer before the end of the day. Typical scenes, perhaps, from one of the many fictionalised versions of forensic science that feature in some entertaining programmes on TV. But I think that real forensics is much more interesting, and I hope that after hearing this book you'll tend to agree. My first book, When the Dogs Don't Bark, told the story of my professional career initially as a forensic biologist with the Home Office Forensic Science Service, and then as a founder or co-founder of forensic companies when I also specialised particularly in cold case investigations. During those years, I have been privileged to work with some of the most talented and inspirational forensic scientists in the UK. And How to Solve a Crime considers a much broader range of forensic expertise, as I have tried to tell aspects of their stories mixed with my own experiences in an effort to present forensic science in its true light. Because forensics can involve anything and everything encountered in everyday life, attempting to cover every aspect of it would be a very tall order. So I have tried instead to give a flavour of its richness and variety and to counteract the notion that it is all about crime scene investigation, or CSI. It's true that the crime scene is where most forensic science begins, but although CSI is certainly very important, it generally constitutes only part of the job of a forensic scientist. The next stage in the process takes place in the laboratory, where items and samples from the crime scene and elsewhere are examined and tested, and the results are evaluated in the context of the specific circumstances of the case in hand. This in turn usually leads to the courtroom, where these results are presented as evidence for the judge and jury to consider. While writing this book, I was aware that it mustn't end up being less about how to solve than how to get away with crime. Another thought that kept coming to the forefront of my mind was that there are two main things preventing us today from being able to solve virtually every crime. The first is error due to inexperience or lack of appropriate forensic skills. The second is the lack of sufficient funds being spent on collecting and investigating the evidence that is there somewhere, just waiting to be found. Smash-and-grab forensics is no way to get to the bottom of a really complex case. Rather, it requires a combination of innovative approaches, laser-like observation, and testing carried out with surgical precision by dedicated and experienced forensic scientists to help to identify and convict the guilty and exonerate the innocent. Indeed, the contribution forensic science can make to the delivery of justice would be beyond the wildest imaginings of French criminologist Edmond Locard when he developed his principle of every contact leaves a trace more than a hundred years ago. 
But he was spot on, as we have been able to prove time and time again. Another reality that might not be apparent from watching TV programmes is that forensic scientists often don't know the outcomes of the cases they work on. This is because some of the many cases we deal with don't go to court until months, even years later, and we are not always called to give evidence when they do. Also, for someone to be convicted of a crime, it is usually necessary to have more than one type of evidence to link them with it. But I hope that the cases and details I have included at least give an idea of what forensic scientists actually do and why they find the work so satisfying most of the time.